When were you first aware of your gay inclinations or, or identity? Well, I suppose probably not really until I was about 18, until I was a freshman in college. But I'd have to say, I, I, I don't think I was ready. I don't think I was ready to fully accept myself. And I think I, I, I was taking a few steps out of the closet, but I think I scared myself back in. That was 1977. Mm -hmm. But, I mean, I know in retrospect, I just wasn't ready at that age. Mm -hmm. I had too many other things I think I had to deal with first before I was able to, to accept my gay identity. Although I, I do remember, you know, at the age of about 12, 13, I knew something about me was different. But the way I thought of, I remember, I thought to myself that I wouldn't get married. I thought, you know, I'm not someone who will get married. And I think in a certain way, I, 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 I think I subconsciously realized my interest in men. But it was certainly not something conscious at that time. Not as a young teenager. Well, describe your process of coming out in terms of how you went from that to sort of fully accepting your gay identity? Well, I think after I scared myself into the closet, I basically had about 10 years of denial. Extreme denial. And I think it really began to take a toll on my mental health. I began to have, I think, any number of problems because I was repressing who I was. And... I think what really opened the door for me to be able to accept myself as a gay man was the therapy I went through. It was a, um, a group for adult children and alcoholics. I think that group was very important for me. I mean, it, it, helped, it helped me resolve a number of issues that I'd been struggling with. And I remember admitting to one of the uh, facilitators of the group that I thought I might be gay. At that point, once I started saying the words out loud, it, it seemed to come very quickly that, oh, okay, yes, I'm gay. And was able to you know, finally uh, admit that to myself. I mean, because I had, I, I'd even been engaged in a great deal of denial with myself. It wasn't that I was hiding from other people, I mean, I, I was hiding from myself all that time, you know, coming up with all sorts of excuses to try to explain away um, things about myself, dreams, or whatever. When you finished your PhD, uh, soon after that, you took a position at, at North Dakota State University, is that right? That's correct. Uh, why don't you tell us something about that? Well, I had, uh, I had gotten a, a temporary position at Northern Arizona University in Flagstaff. And so we moved down to Flagstaff. I taught for a year. And that, that was with your partner, Ted Broff. That, right? Yeah, my, my then partner, now husband, Ted Broff. Then in, the, in our third year in Flagstaff, I, I, had to get a, I had to get a job just to earn some money. I ended up working in a motel for a while. And then also use that time to start applying for teaching positions. 
and received an offer from North Dakota State University in Fargo. And so we moved to Fargo in the summer of 1992. And I had gotten a hold of a book called In Search of Gay America by a man named Neil Miller. And one of the places he had visited was Fargo-Moorhead. And he talked about our then mayor, John Lindgren, and what he was doing to advocate for LGBT people. And I had to say that really made it easier to accept the position knowing that we, you know, knowing that there was at least a supportive mayor in office. But I did have some concerns about going to North Dakota um, in 1989 as a gay man. Okay, what, what would have been the time that you met Ted? I met Ted on August 7th, 1988 in Davis, California. Know that because that's one of the anniversaries we celebrate. And uh, how did you meet him? Well, we met, uh, Ted placed an ad in the gay newspaper in Sacramento. And I liked the sound of his ad, so I responded because he had indicated he was looking for a serious relationship. And I very much liked what he had to say about himself. Mm -hmm. So I responded and he liked what I had written. So he drove down from Sacramento and we went out to dinner and then went out for a, a long walk around the campus and, and talked till about midnight. And that was our first date. So you've been together now how many years is it? 29 years. 29 years. Uh, now you and Ted are married. When, when did that occur? That occurred four years ago on the very first day that it became legal in Albuquerque to marry. That uh, I knew there was a case that was going to be decided and it was on a Monday afternoon when it was decided. Came home that evening and asked him, I said, Ted, should we get married tomorrow? Would you like to do that? And he said, yes, let's do it. So the next morning, he called his supervisor, I called my supervisor, and we said, I'm sorry, we won't be coming in, we're getting married today. Before same-sex marriage was legalized, uh, do you think you and Ted would have wanted to marry? Definitely. Hmm. Definitely. I mean, we had a commitment ceremony back in 1991, which, by the way, was officiated by Ted's mother. So yes, we very much would have liked to, to legally marry before we did. So um, you, lived, you lived in Fargo-Moorhead for a number of years, and then now you're living in a larger urban area, and it sounds to me like you, um, in some ways you feel that your social life, your community life in Fargo-Moorhead, and the time you were there, compares really favorably with your social life in, in Albuquerque. Am Definitely. I right? yeah. Definitely. And uh, I, I think we were able to, I, I think because we were a smaller community, I think we depended more on each other. Although I've noticed a, a great difference because I think the, because the general climate in Fargo-Moorhead was less accepting than here, I, I think we looked more to each other. Here in New Mexico, we've had generally favorable experiences. People just don't seem to care if you're gay. It's not an issue. You know, people register it and acknowledge it, but 
they just don't seem to care. It's not a big deal here. Uh, one of the things I'd like to ask you is how being gay has changed over your lifetime in terms of how people treat you, how you see yourself, and how you interact with others. Well, I think part of me has gotten to the point that if someone has a problem with LGBT people, unless it's the person I really need to deal with, say, in a work context, or even someone perhaps in my, my family, you know, then I, I don't, I'm not willing to make time for that person. I won't fight. I won't try to convince that person. I just don't have that kind of time and energy because there are far too many people out there for whom being gay is not an issue and I would rather I would rather find those people. I, I mean, I, yes, I, I think it is easier. I mean, just in general, as, you know, as time has passed, um, attitudes have changed. People are less uptight about LGBT people in general. Although we see that transgender people are getting the same treatment, the same awful treatment that gay and lesbian people were getting, say, 30, 40 years ago, and the same kinds of absurd charges are being made against transgender people. But, I mean, overall, our community is treated better than it was, and I think we're seen more as full human beings entitled to respect and dignity and equality under the law, and those are all good things. But there's always, there'll always be some group that people want to look down on, and in our community right now, it's transgender people, and that makes me very sad, because we've been through this so many times, and you would think that people might have learned by now, but they haven't. But I'm very optimistic about the future. I mean, I, I see things just getting better. I mean, young people are so unconcerned about these kinds of issues. And to most young people, gay people are just part of the landscape. They're just a normal part of humanity. They've grown up with that attitude. And I think that's a wonderful thing.